You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, we're live. This is the finale of Bears of the Beer in the 2023 season. We made it. We had a long break at one point, uh, you know, around the bye week and kind of, you know, had like a, a mega bye week for ourselves. But otherwise, <laughs> we have been here when we have been talking about this team's the ups and the downs, more like the downs and the ups, I guess, <laughs> yeah. if we're going we're gonna to be honest. About we're going to go chronologically. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I'm Jeff Burkus. I'm a writer at Windy City Gridiron. And on the other side of the screen is EJ Snyder. He is a draft extraordinaire over at the Bootleg Podcast. And we're going to talk a little bit about bears. We're going to talk a little bit about the draft. And we're going to talk a little bit about movies at the end of this. That's kind of our fun one that we have to kind of wrap this up with. But on this show, we always start off with a drink. And I say a drink because uh, I'm not exciting today. But what do you have I, it's okay. Me. I'm carrying your water. I am exciting today because I took your, uh, well, it was actually one of our listeners who commented on the tradition of ending one bottle with 2023 and getting a new bottle. And I told you I was out of new bottles. I didn't have any. Yeah. I remedied that situation. Um, the office staff here at bootleg, we don't, we don't have any office staff. I just have dogs, but they rallied up, they put their savings together and they bought me something nice for Christmas. I.e. I bought myself something nice for Christmas. This is red breast. red breast, but not any red breast. This is the single pot still Tawny Port cask edition from the Iberian series. Um, not something you might find on your local shelf, but I really like red breast. Um, one of my favorites. And saw this and thought, yep, I should do that. So I I did that. But uh, I'm going to crack it open. This is a neck pour. Uh, nice. There should be. And uh, we'll see how it is because I've had the Lestau. I've had the 12. I believe I've had the 15, but I'm not sure. Um, love Redbreast. One of my favorite Irishes. And love Tawny Port. Like, it's one of the few sort of... I'll call it wine-based drinks that I can handle. Um, my great-grandmother used to drink it, and she sort of was the first one I ever knew that had a had a thing for it. Um, and later in life, I was like, hey, that actually, I remember that. I should try that. And I found out that I actually liked good ones. Um, so the fact that you're putting one of my favorite Irishes in uh, you know, a Tony Port cask and letting it hang out, I'm down. So we will uh, we'll crack that open. All right, so it is. I love it, and I definitely see you as the Irish whiskey guy that I know in my life. Uh, although, <laughs> although Brendan Brendan Chagru is is now also making that case for, for you. Need for, more than one. You, you need, need more one. than one, right? Yeah. And I also see you as kind of a finished whiskey guy, and so Ooh. this sort of sort of really 
kind of sits in your lane pretty well. So I am participating not in dry January because I can't go that far, but I am, (laughs) I am participating in what I'm referring to. Well, I I had referred to it as dry ish January, but there is apparently a movement of damp January. So we're going to go with damp January. And basically the way that I interpret damp January is that, um, I'm only going to drink on the weekends. So uh, I've got whatever you got. You got to draw some lines. So I've got a little uh, mock and not even a mocktail because there's no sugar because I don't do sugar. So it's lemon juice. <laughs> I've got water and it's flavored. Know, it, it's it's so sad. It's it, it's lemon juice. It's Angostura bitters. And it's uh, which I know has a little bit of alcohol. But come on, give me a break. Come and uh, and it's a it's, you know, carbonate, it's a carbonated water. You know, it's yeah, a, it's, it's a fancy carbonated water which is fine there's nothing wrong with that i just think it's funny because there's a whole um coalition of people out there that really don't like the word damp like well, it's, it's not like, like it's, it's not the word moist well damp and moist and slacks are three of the ones i know and you know when you put them all together i can totally slacks. understand oh yeah three those yeah. three together <laughs> those three that, together very very bad. Anybody uncomfortable. <laughs> damp january all right well as as is tradition i'll do the first little bit straight so i can see it taste it smell it while it's warm and then i'll put it over ice because that's the way that i prefer most of my whiskeys but right off the crack like uh, yeah, Donnie Port is not hanging out in the background. It is the nose of that bottle is you just opened a bottle of Tony Port. Uh, Lenny is uh, Lenny. Nineteen ninety one is commenting. Nineteen ninety one is that when you were born? Are you are you old enough to drink? Yes, you're old enough to drink. Um, <laughs> says the show is called Bears Over Beers, and like it we it's, know, it's but true. But this, this is the last one, before. Lenny. Like this is the last one for the season, and this is what season four, season five, five. The yeah. show also transformed over that losing streak and just drove me to hard liquor. So, <laughs> so that's that's a uh, that's that story. Okay, all right. Uh, let's get into this thing. We've got some questions for those of you that are joining us live. Feel free to throw those in. We'll try to uh, mix in if we can. Uh, but our guy, uh, Opinion Soros at Eric Bono on the Twitter machine says, curious to see how this changes before digging into more film, but any early draft crushes that would be a good team fit for the Bears. So you have dug in a little bit on, on your film work. And so there's probably a couple guys that you'd like to talk about. So the floor is yours. Yeah, absolutely. I think you see people, um, you know, caveat film work is not anywhere near complete. So these are all just folks that I either saw last year who went back to school or have seen in work throughout this year that just catch your eye when you've been doing this. This is now year 11 or 12 for me. I think it might be 12. You, you get to know what you like and you see certain traits and certain players and they, they stick out. Um, you know, just in terms of groupings, which again, we've talked about line up very well for the bears. It's a very strong tackle class, which I don't think the bears need so much. It's an extremely strong wide receiver class, like historically strong. And I know that sounds like a broken record. We've said that the last two have been very strong. They have, we've seen playmakers come out of both of those and contribute immediately on multiple teams throughout the league. This one is better. Like there's just no other way to put it. This one is better. It is deeper. There is more talent at the top. It's you've got everything you need. You got a potential superstar, you know, right up high with MHJ, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. And there are going to be receivers available at 
every level because of that, because you can't pick them all in the first round. It's just too many. I don't care if a uh, record number, I don't care if seven go in the first round, there's still going to be 10 behind them that you can get in round two and round three and round four. So a um, lot of wide receivers. I had mentioned um, Jacob Cowing from Arizona on this podcast earlier. He's a favorite. I really like, a lot of the guys at the top that the bears will be looking at potentially depending on how things shake out. Roma Dunze had a great game in the national championship semifinal the other night. He's had a great season, broke all the Washington receiving records this year, over 1500 yards in college. He was the guy on the other end of a lot of Michael Penix passes. Um, but he's not the only one I could talk for this entire hour about just the receiver class and not be done. So lots of great names there. You're going to see them at, the senior bowl you're going to see him at the shrine bowl you're going to see him at the combine lots of talk about them tight end class is sneaky good brock bowers is an absolute draft crush has been since last year bears are likely not in play for him i would love it if they were he is a difference maker at the tight end position uh in a way that very few players are um i don't see him ending up in chicago if he does i well, I was going to say I'll do a backflip, but I'll break my neck and that won't be good. So I'll just jump up and down, do a little bit of a jig if Brock Bowers gets anywhere near the Bears because he's a tremendous player. Um, on defense, uh, Jerzon Newton, who a lot, you know, Johnny, known as Johnny, who plays at Illinois, best probably three tech in this draft, um, flashes a lot of power, great hand usage, going to be that guy out of this class that is the really good interior rusher. Brings a lot of pressure on the inside of the pocket. Quarterbacks hate that stuff. Um, Kobe Turner's a guy we talked about last year. He's having a great season with the Rams. I would say Drazon Newton's even better than Kobe coming out. Um, and Kobe, I think, is fourth among all rookies, regardless of position and pressure. So, uh, yeah, Johnny or Drazon Newton's going to have a great year. Um, Tavondre Sweat, big guy out of Texas, defensive tackle. Now, he is a guy I think could end up on the Bears, and I would be thrilled with that. Um, Saw him live versus Kansas this year down in Texas. Uh, just a wrecker. Um, they've got a couple. Byron Murphy's the other one. He's the one that scored a touchdown, strangely enough. Yes, I did say a defensive tackle scored a touchdown in the Texas Michigan or in the Texas Washington game. But Byron Murphy's also going to get uh, that tandem's going to get a lot of attention. Uh, and either one of them could end up at Chicago, and I wouldn't be sorry about that. Um, edges, uh, Latu, Latu from UCLA is my clear favorite. He's, you know, some teams are going to feel not great about his injury history, but there's no way to look at his numbers and feel anything but great. He pretty much doubled most of the other contenders in the edge category and any metric you want. Um, really, really good player. Um, Braylon Trice from Washington also had a very good semifinal game the other night. Um, he's great as well. I think he led all edge defenders in pressures. Um, Off-ball linebackers, you know, typically ILB. Haven't really got into that list. There's a couple of good ones. Really like Cedric Gray out of UNC. Uh, I think he accepted a senior bowl invite, so you'll see him there. There's a bunch of other players. I just haven't looked at a lot of them. Cornerback, or I'll just say defensive back, because we are moving towards that positionless thing where, you know, Kyler Gordon, is he a nickel? Is he an outside corner? He's not, he's just a defensive back. And there's a lot of those in this draft as well. And a lot of good ones. There's a lot of, I don't know if there's a lot of great um, 
you know, center field safeties. A lot of people are going to be looking at that position. If Eddie Jackson moves on for the bears, um, there are some, uh, but I don't know if the depth is there, but if you want like corners of all sizes and flavors, and I do mean all sizes, there's a bunch of size, um, in the outside corner class, which is always nice. Teams love that. Um, not a bad draft either. So it's going to be fun. A lot of film to go. I know a lot of people want my running back takes because I love running backs. Um, you save those that's dessert. I do. It's dessert, but I, I can't help. There's three or four that I going to be seeing at the shrine bowl that I'm pretty excited about. One of them is uh big play. Ray, Ray Davis from Kentucky uh, is committed to the shrine bowl. And I can't wait to see him. I think he is going to be a very productive NFL back. He's going to be available in the mid rounds. I don't think he's going to go high just because of positional value, but ton of fun to watch. And there there's many others, but uh, yeah, going to be going to be talking a lot about all of those guys. And then the quarterback class this year, very, very deep, even with a bunch of guys going back. And the reason that a bunch of guys went back is because they looked at this class and went, I don't want to be the ninth prospect. I would rather try and be the fifth prospect next year. It's a lot better for me and my future salary wise. Even with those guys going back, we just had Cam Ward from Washington State, well, formerly Washington State, declare um, for the draft this year uh, a couple of days ago. He's committed to the Shrine Bowl as well. Going to get to see him. Um, so even that second tier or tier and a half, when you get past all the big names that you're going to hear over and over again, Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels, even after you get past the Bo Nixes of the world and the Michael Penix, like there's guys like Cam Ward who are intriguing. Um, you know, I don't think I want to be forcing them into a starting role as a rookie. If your team's doing that, uh, you're in you're in a not great position, but they are interesting players. And there's a lot of depth. It's not the quarterback draft from a couple of years ago where we were like, oh, I don't know if anybody's going to get drafted in the first round. This is not that draft. There are going to be multiple guys drafted in the first round and in rounds two and probably in round three as well. All right. I don't have any favorite. I don't have any crushes. I'm pretty sure that question was for EJ. So, um, well, you have yeah. center crutches. I've been sending you center crushes. I, I know I, you're I crushing haven't, on I center. haven't crushed yet. I have okay. All right. You know, like I've, you I've, will. I'm you starting will. to evaluate, but eventually I'll, I'll, I'll land on a center that I like. So the, the centers have been, you know, a, a recurring theme on this show. So it wouldn't be bears over beers if we didn't talk about centers more than any other show out there. Right. That's, that's kind of the, that's kind of the deal. Uh, I think this one's quick, but Oak lightning at Oak lightning one says, assuming you don't keep fields, how big of a chance is there that polls does trade back, but picks a quarterback Penix, Knicks or any other quarterback. That's mm. not Caleb or may. I mean, I think that it's zero, zero, right? Like I just don't. So, so this question is assuming that you're, you're trading mm -hmm. Justin Fields away and you're trading down from one to try to do both things. So, so now you're putting yourself in a position where you don't have a quarterback and you've traded away the right to draft one of these two prospects that, everybody kind of loves um i just i don't i don't see that as i i've seen it floated out on twitter that's why i put mm -hmm. it up here because there's there's people that are like well why not do this and because and, you know, <laughs> look at all these quarterbacks that didn't go one overall and they're all really successful so why not just play the numbers and i just i think it's i think it's an insane approach and i don't think it's going to happen if it there is a path to that happening and as you said it's very narrow like it is a, you know, this is the dumb and dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, there's a chance, but it is, it's razor thin because every time you trade back and don't take a quarterback and 
you know, the, the holy grail that I've seen floated on Twitter about this approach is that polls does exactly what he tried to do last year was going to do if the Texans hadn't backed out and he's going to trade one to two and two to three, basically, or in that case, one to two and two to four or whatever. This year, it would be just that he'd trade down to two and then he would trade the right to trade, you know, to take Drake may at two. And then he would presumably have a pick where he could go get a player like Jaden Daniels. You, if you're going to do that, you don't have to be like a hundred percent sure your guy's going to hit, which is not a certainty with any player. I don't care where you draft them. You have to be like a thousand percent sure, because if either of those guys that you had the opportunity to take, the odds are one of them will work out. I mean, if you're just looking at straight up numbers, which is the approach you're talking about with like, oh, numbers say, like if you're just looking at numbers, one of those two guys is going to hit, is going to be good. And they both might be. It's not likely, but it's possible. If that happens, you're completely screwed. No matter how your guy does, your guy has to outperform both of those guys, no matter the picks, no matter, like if your guy is middling, if you trade back twice and take anybody, let's just say it's Shane Daniels. And he is an average NFL quarterback. That would be a great, that would be a great result because drafting quarterbacks not a sure thing. But if May or Williams turns out to be a great quarterback, you're probably getting fired. I I just I mean I think it's an insane approach, but I think that what's happening is that people are thinking about the pick and thinking that all drafts are created equal. And there's a reason why these evaluations are then compared against evaluations of the past, right? So when you when you hear people say this quarterback's the best prospect since Andrew Luck, or this this quarterback's yeah. the best prospect since they're 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 taking their eval. You just said it at the top of the show. You've done this for 11, 12 years. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have a body of work. Maybe the first year wasn't you know as as uh, full <laughs> as this last year, right? Yeah, exactly. Was not. <laughs> Let's so be clear. Maybe about you that. have a body of work of like seven, eight, nine years, but you feel really mm-hmm. good about. And you could go back and look. Some of these guys have been around a really long time. They've been mm-hmm. in the league. And so when they make these statements, that's because they did scout it, the, these guys in the past. They did scout Andrew Luck, right? There's some of these guys when they say, hey, Andrew Luck's the best prospect since Peyton Manning or John yeah. Elway, like, those guys can actually say that because they scouted all of them, right? And so you not every 101 pick is the same. No. And this happens to be, I think this is why I was so obsessed with this Carolina pick situation all year. <laughs> I'm glad you used that word because that's appropriate for your approach this year. It, it was. It was. And and I and I think the reason why was because even if the bears didn't want to use that pick on a quarterback, if, if things went great for Justin Fields and he proved that he was the guy and that's the direction they go. And I'm not making a statement of what they're going to do. I'm just saying like, even if there was no question, it would be more, that pick would be more valuable to trade than it would be in an average year or a normal. I mean, think about two years ago where the top quarterback was Kenny Pickett and he went, you know, in the teens or whatever, whenever he was drafted, mm-hmm. that number one pick was not worth nearly as much as the number one pick is this year. The same thing with, you know, the year that luck came out, obviously the, the Colts were going to, you know, they, they suck for luck was, that was the whole thing, right? Like they, mm-hmm. they had 
the, there was a whole brand of, of teams yeah, that bad were, for one year and everybody right knew that to, that's that was right who back to be basically one. hall of fame quarterbacking uh, right yeah. right until you know ryan grigson ruined ryan it. But, grigson yeah but that's the kind of that's the caliber that we're talking now could they not fulfill that lofty expectation sure absolutely of course there's risk everywhere there's risk with justin fields there's risk with there's risk with patrick mahomes the rest of his career right like he could get hurt and he could he he could not uh, be be patrick mahomes for the rest of his career right there's risk in any quarterback but there's but there's certainly risk in keeping justin fields there's certainly risk in taking drake may over caleb williams or caleb williams mm-hmm. over drake may whatever we don't know the answers to those things yet but these are the caliber of prospect that you talk about in these classes where it's no doubter, these are the guys that are one Oh one and you, and you are really happy that you're in those positions because they can change franchises. It's just, Oh, it's a really cool, lucky year that the bears have the first pick. It's, it's tremendously interesting. We're going to be talking about it endlessly. Like literally I met with two people on Monday to get all my ducks in a row about this situation from top to bottom fields, coaching, uh, you know, head coaching, coordinator level draft value we went through everything spent an hour hour and a half with each one of them because i know that my life is going to be consumed with this question for the next four months i'm going to talk about this probably literally 50 times between now and the draft on podcasts on radio on my own shows like this is going to dominate if you don't believe me there have been five national stories in the last 48 hours on this and solax is good solax is great they're they're all good like i appreciate all of the conversation but like if you think that volume is going to go down we're not even through the playoffs yet we're not done with the season it's been three days since the bears secured the number one pick and we've had five national stories that i saw which probably means there's 10 in two days, in 48 hours since, you know, we got done with New Year's Day. Like, it is going to be a lot. Like the volume, this one goes to 11, f- screw that. This one goes to like 12, 13, 14, just break the dial off right now. It's like Chicago owns the offseason. We're going to hear about it a lot. You will hear every opinion and you will get real tired of it at some point, guaranteed, because it is going to be endless, like literally endless. So don't burn yourself out tonight on, on this, on this debate, I guess is what we're saying. So we'll move on yep. to a different question. I like this question a lot. This is from Edward. He's at Omega Jolteon mm-hmm. on the Twitter machine. He's had yeah, a few a questions one. in the past. And uh, did we, we discovered that that was a Pokemon uh, kind of, I think so. I okay. Sorry, not a Pokemon guy. I, I'm not either. So uh, apologies for, for messing that up if I did, but he says, Rank the defensive picks from the last two rookie draft classes who have gotten significant snaps that you are most excited about in the future. So, so that's uh, Gordon Brisker, um, uh, Dexter Pickens, Terrell Smith, and uh, Tyreek Stevenson. Stevenson. Yeah, uh, he, he he abbreviated it by saying Reek. So I was, was like, yeah. I saw that and I was like, wait, what? We we got oh, recalled. Tyreek, got it. Sweet. Yeah, I was like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, Tyreek Stevenson's played better than Requel and for the last, I would say, four or five weeks. Which, again, with as well as Tyreek Woolen played as a as a rookie, I wouldn't have thought I was going to say. But I love this question. Thanks for sending it. Um, I think it's really good. I think my order 
goes something like boy interior defenders that get pressure are really sexy <laughs> like they're I, okay. really I mean, for, really for me, I think number one yeah i actually think it's it's gordon or tyreek stevenson and i okay. i think gordon for his versatility and i, I really do think they're kind of tied because tyreek stevenson if you'd asked me this question six weeks ago tyreek stevenson would have been like fourth He's really come on. The light has come on for him. The game started to slow down. He started to make the plays that everybody that loved that pick uh, really hoped he would. He is starting to deliver on all the promise, the size, the ability to play press man, his ability to get his hands on the ball, which has really been the sort of difference in the last five, six weeks. Um, Gordon, you know, I was a huge fan of. He's continued to get better. Again, with <laughs> we said this last year, don't move him around, pick a spot, let him learn it. Like they moved him around endlessly last year, just like offensive linemen were like, pick a spot, let him learn it. Nope, they don't do that. So they didn't do that. They sort of um, impeded his growth as a rookie. But for the most part, he's been playing nickel because, again, they have more options, largely because they drafted Tyreek and Terrell Smith. So they haven't needed to. And he's really excelled. His all the traits that we thought were great have showed up playmaking flexibility smarts um obviously explosive athleticism so those two guys uh you know i would say reek is definitely an outside guy gordon can be either but right now he's solid at nickel and i think that's great and then like right behind him at 1a is javon dexter like he has had a tremendous rookie season and i he's you know honestly if i kind of have to pick one guy to carry out of all these, like if it was a dynasty league draft and I had to mm. pick one of these guys, I would probably pick Javon Dexter because I think that's harder to get a yeah. guy that can consistently get interior pressure. Like, like I said, there's a lot of defensive backs in this class. There's one Johnny Newton, like it's just more difficult to find um, in terms of their play right now. Like again, one a has got to be Javon Dexter for me. He's been great. And then I would say Brisker comes in after that because when he's in, the highlights are pretty high. Um, he's struggled with injuries. I'm not sure whether that's going to level out or not. He's definitely provided a bunch of impact plays, but the consistency, which I'm really looking for from a safety because you get burned as a safety, it's a big play. Um, so nothing against Brisker. I like him as a player. I like the pick. Um, he just, you know, he's got to level that out a little bit. And some of that's just luck with injuries. And then uh, Smith is really valuable. Uh, he, I think is a very good third outside corner. And that is a thing you need in this league because your outside corners are going to miss starts in a 17 game season. And as a rookie, he's played way better. I got to see him in person and he's exceeded just about every expectation I had for him. He's shown much better uh, lateral agility he always had size and speed and straight line, but he's he's really started to develop and he's made more plays. Uh, and then Pickens uh, was not my favorite pick at the time. I, it's not that he's worthless or terrible. It's that out of this group, he comes in last for me. Uh, I think I think I'm with you on. So six would be Pickens. Fifth would be uh, Thrill Smith. I think that's pretty obvious. And I think I would put Brisker fourth. I, I agree with you to that point. Um, and then I think the top three, I think you can, you could shuffle them. And you, yeah, it's one and one A. 
it's it, like the two guys hard. tied at one one a it's hard that that seems like a huge that seems like a complete cop out but the bottom line is pulls picks performing at that level that we're having that discussion is great all second rounders right i mean they're great I, like you say if if brisker leveled out the performance he'd be right there with the and they're all those are all second rounders so that mm-hmm. would be great i think for me it's probably dexter one uh i like i, I like tiger stevenson he's just he, he hasn't maybe shown it as long, like the light bulb's on i would love to just draw a straight yeah. line and say this is 100 gonna be great um i also just I, i'm i'm just curious if this is a little bit of a uh league needs to adjust because the light bulb went on and they're slow to adjust to to that. And maybe they need to figure out where to go with the ball. I don't know where you go to the ball though. If you re-sign Jalen Johnson. That's the point. Where you go with is, the ball, right? This was the, I remember talking with Bill about this last year. He was like, you know, defense at the top of the draft. And I'm like, that's where they saw the value. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I do like the picks. I did like Gordon and Brisker. And they're going to have a year worth of experience. They do coming into this year. They stabilize positions. It'd be great if Brisker had not missed a start. That's I'm not going to say that's his fault. Like injuries happen. It's great that Gordon has played. You know, Gordon missed some starts too, but he's definitely stabilized as the nickelback. He has a bunch of experience. And then you pick two more corners who also work out and you're adding those to Jalen and Eddie. Like talk about the secondary two years ago like who they were starting in like week 10 or 12. And then look at the options they have now in a passing driven league. That's not a bad thing. Like it is it, right now loaded secondary. They are loaded with depth and you Could know use how much some more help at safety, but like other yep. than that, they are good. Yeah. You know how much I love corners. You know how much I love an agent of chaos, which I always sort of thought was like the safety that you move around. Um, but it does seem like Gordon has been more of the agent of chaos. And so yeah. that's, that's a lot of fun and he's super athletic. So again, I could go any ranking with Dexter Gordon and, and Tyreek Stevenson maybe at this point, but like, I think I would say Dexter, I think I'd, I'd list it that way. I, cause I just interior pressure is, I just think so important. It's hard to replicate it, and it's hard to find. And if he can be that dude, um, yeah. that that's amazing. So, uh, all right, quick. <laughs> Eric Bono says, anybody miss Builder Shelley? And I'm like, that's what I was referring to, but I was trying to be nice. Right. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to take a quick break on the other side of this. Uh, we're going to get into a couple more questions as we enter the second half of the season finale. Stick with us. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on surprise. The future of work. Questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
All right, EJ, I saw a comment here and it said, this is from DBB and he says, is the bootleg guy always on this show? Yeah, that freaking bootleg the guy. bootleg guy. Is he guy's just moonlighting. Show? What a goofball that bootleg guy. I hate that guy. Well, I think it was more of a positive. Like uh, DBB is going to continue to tune in because mm. this bootleg guy is on this show. Do you want to do you want to tell him the history of bootleg versus bears over beers? Yeah, absolutely. Bears over beers is first. So let's see. Podcasting history. Um, always wanted to start a podcast. Tried three times before I started my first one, like did full run-ups, like always knew that I needed another voice in my podcast, that I was not going to be a solo podcaster. Some people are very good at that. I'm not like clearly just know thyself. Not good. So fast forward, all those things bombed out, was just waiting for the right opportunity. Um, parent company wanted more podcasts on this channel. Uh, our uh, lovely editor-in-chief, Lester Wolfong Jr. said, hey, they're looking for podcasters. I said, you know, I wanted to start a podcast, but I'm not going to do it by myself. He said, that's funny. I just had that conversation with one of our other contributors, Jeff Burkus. You two should talk. And I was like, okay. So Jeff and I had a conversation. Uh, it was obviously a very fruitful conversation. Um, we both had many similar ideas. We had both done a lot of similar preparation. We both felt similarly that we needed two voices on the podcast. And I said, I, th I think we could do this like let's get together and put an idea together for show that came together really quickly we went back to lester and said you know good call boss you're right we think we could do this uh we're willing to do it what do we get <laughs> and they said get get your own show you get to you get to deliver <laughs> a, a fully canned show with ad breaks and that's what you get and so we learned um pretty much everything about podcasting. Both of us, we did edit. We figured out how to edit, how to record. Um, didn't start with video, it was audio. Um, and that became Bears Over Beers uh, five years ago now, which is kind of crazy. Learned all those lessons, uh, continued to write draft stuff for Windy City. And then uh, I still remember I was working my other job and Lester called me one day. Lester never called me. I was email me or text me. And he called me one day and he said, hey, and I was like, what's up, boss? And he said, do you want to go to the senior bowl? And I was like, as a draft guy, that's that's the Willy Wonka golden ticket. You were like, hell yeah, I would love to get let in the gate to go see all the players that I've been writing about for years and years. And he said, we can we can get you a pass. You'll have to you'll have to put your own way down there. But like we can we can get you in. We can get you credentials. And I was like, yes, hell yes. Like, let's do it. So I put out a call on twitter and said hey i'm going to the senior bowl for the first time who's going to be there i knew a lot of folks in draft circles at that point i just wanted to see if they're going to be there and i could meet them in real life um and one of the guys that responded was brett coleman and uh, i've told this story many times so this is not talking out of school i had not watched brett's stuff before that i knew who he was but i had never watched a brett coleman video before i met him and how I knew that that was a thing, when I mentioned to some people, they lost their mind. They're like, what? You're going to meet Brett Coleman? And I was like, yeah, like, I guess. We just said we were going to get together and, you know, have a meal or something. And they were like, oh, my God, you have to tell him my name. And I was like, okay, Brett's a deal. <laughs> so we went down and Brett was new as well. He hadn't been either. It was his first senior bowl, too. So neither one of us knew what we were doing. 
And uh, he came in, said, I just landed. Are you hungry? It was the middle of the afternoon. We went out to a barbecue place that was completely empty. We we're the only people in there. It was like two in the afternoon. Um, it had been recommended by a bunch of coaches. So we trusted that because they were offensive line coaches. <laughs> we were yeah. like, if, if they like the barbecue place, that's good. It was great. I mean, they're place. not the pickiest eaters in the world. No, but, but you, you know, know it'll be a good portion. It'll know be solid. And, you know, probably the service will be decent too. And it was, uh, and we spent about two and a half hours over a sort of sampler platter of barbecue. And then we were like, oh crap, the, uh, opening sort of, you know, press conference thing is going on. Uh, Jalen Hurts was one of the featured players at that press conference. Um, so we ran off to cover that. And then when we got out of there, he was like, well, what are you doing tomorrow? It's weigh-ins. And I was like, well, I'll be there. He said, I'm going to be about an hour late. Um, you know, after that, there was some player availability and he had all of his stuff and he was like, let's interview some players. And I was like, okay, I was going to talk to him anyways and like write notes down, but he's like, let's interview him on camera. <laughs> I was like, okay. And, uh, the first two guys that we interviewed were Adam Troutman, who is, a uh, tight end currently with Denver playing for Sean Payton. He was a Dayton guy, um, went to Dayton for engineering, but like grew a bunch and was a former quarterback turned into a really good tight end. Um, and then the defensive back from Pitt who plays for the bills, their third corner, well, like fourth corner at this point. But anyways, I loved him and I said, we need to talk to him uh, because I'd watched his game versus Virginia and he was just a dog. And so those are the first two guys and we talked and kind of were inseparable for the rest of the week. And he introduced me to a bunch of people that he knew. I introduced him to a bunch of people that I knew. And by Thursday, he said, we're going to do this. And I said, do what? And he said, well, I want to start a podcast, kind of like the conversation you and I had, but I don't know anything about podcasting and we're going to put it on YouTube and you don't know anything about video. So I'll do the video side. You do all the podcasting stuff and we'll make it happen. And I was like, okay, but don't say that if you're not serious. Um, and cause I'll be at your house in two weeks and we'll get a big whiteboard out and we'll make this happen. And he was like, no, I'm serious. I was like, okay, tell your wife. Cause I'm coming. <laughs> and then I had to come home and tell my wife who, you know, who you've met. And I, <laughs> so I'm starting another podcast, uh, for free. And she was like, wait a minute. Um, anyways, and then bootleg was born, uh, right before the pandemic started. Like I actually, when I flew back from Brett's house after we did that whiteboarding session, uh, a couple of weeks after senior bowl, I remember seeing a bunch of people in the airport with masks and I was like, huh, I should read up on this COVID thing. Um, and then we all bunkered down and hung out in our basements. And I was like, well, we have a captive audience. What are we going to do about it? So we made a podcast and that's bootleg. Um, you know, that's going on four years. This is going on five years. And that's how we got into all this. The only thing I'll add to your history, uh, you know, from, from my perspective is, is one, uh, we had met in person. You live that's, in Washington State. I live in Iowa. Yeah, we had met in person before yep. we, we launched the podcast. Um, and you were kind enough to uh, offer me. It, we've been writing together for years, and on the you know, so we we knew well, each other. Yeah, but you were like you and your wife were out here. You were uh, for people that don't know, JB's one of his life goals is to run a half marathon in all the fifty states. And he was earlier in that goal than he is now. He's actually really close to finishing now. But at the time, he was coming out and he was doing this West Coast swing to do like, I think it was Oregon, Washington, and Alaska or something. And Washington, like, Alaska. Yep. Yeah. And he was like, hey, I'm I'm going to be in the neighborhood. And I was like, well, we definitely have to get together. We, you know, come on, have dinner, the whole bit. And then he was like, oh, well, you know, 
we got a really early flight the next morning. So we're just, we don't want to buy a hotel. We're just going to sleep in our car. Like we're going to sleep in a rental car. And I was like, the hell you are. You're not coming to my neck of the woods and not, you know, having a room. So, uh, it was got to meet you and your lovely wife. And that was fantastic. You got to sleep for all of three hours and then run off to the airport. But, sure, um, sure. no, it was a good time. And you, you bought some beers, including the Nkasi, and Nkasi beer that I had. And yeah. again, I ran that day. I wasn't going to drink that much, but I believe I had two beers. Uh, that's pretty much my limit anyway. I have a two drink yep. maximum for myself. And we were talking bears and we kind of went into this thing. And we had, I think, a bit of a a bit of a disagreement about Matt Forte. And it kind of mm-hmm. came down to Matt Forte, what I think was had left where maybe we were talking about him leaving or whatever it was. Yeah. And I was like, if you're not going to be good, at least be entertaining. Keep your keep your stars. And you were like running backs are fungible. And we kind of had this like yep. conversation that went on and our, we realized that we had just sort of went into this deep football conversation and our wives looked at each <laughs> and other. Everybody left. <laughs> well, they, they kind of looked at each other and, and we both realized like, Oh, like, Oh, sorry. And, and I believe your wife uh, said, I'm just happy. He has someone to talk to about. That's it. correct. That is hundred percent so correct. When we came back to this idea of a podcast, that was what we wanted to recreate was it's that having a beer, having a conversation about the bears and just, just talking and people that are into that, you know, come and join us and and, and have some fun with it. So that, that was the idea that, and, and I think that we've done that uh, fairly well and somewhat consistently over the last five years. But before we move back to another question, just let me just say five years in, we are so much better now than we were five years oh ago. I'm not saying we're good now. I'm saying no, we're no. so much better like, than we were. <laughs> well, you're a writer, so you know this. Like that's that was where I came to podcasting. I was a writer. I was a writer about other things before football, and then I started writing about football, and that's how I ended up on Woody City and and the whole bit. But you know, this as a writer, like if you look at something that you wrote like nine months ago, it's grading it's awful like you hate it like there are very few things i look back on that i wrote any time ago like more than just i don't know (laughs) i don't know what the deadline is i don't know what the expiration date is but it's it's quick like if you look back at anything you wrote you can see the kernels in it and you can go yeah okay but it's like if you're a writer and continually improving on your process or a podcaster or, or YouTube video maker or anything else. And you look back at your early stuff, you're just like, Oh, cringe. <laughs> like, Oh man. Like we've gotten so much better. hundred yes. percent. Yes. So that's, um, that's that. And then I would just say very proud of you and what you've done on bootleg. And it's really cool and, uh, love, love everything that's happening there. And, you know, on, on my side of things, love the, the show that I'm building with Lester and, uh, you know, it's just really cool that the spaces that we create and the people that we interact with on this are great. I didn't necessarily plan that diversion, but again, it's the final episode. <laughs> I've only got a couple questions, uh, unless, unless everybody in the comments has more. Um, and this one I think is kind of quick because it's just more of a, con- <laughs> a comment. Andrew, Andrew Davis at Andrew A, no, at another A Davis uh, says, uh, wouldn't it just be amusing to trade the first <laughs> overall pick just so we can continue to to make periodic tweets about what Bryce Young costs the Panthers? Um, <laughs> let's just keep this going through at least 2027. I do like that. Like that was a funny comment because I, I like the idea of this pyramid of picks that just keeps building. It's just from, a ripple in a pond. It just keeps getting bigger and choice. going farther yeah. out. Yeah. 
it it is interesting and especially with i you know we all suffer as bears fans the bears have not been really good in a long time but like panthers fans i feel for they're going through it right now they're i'm just gonna say it they have the new dan snyder as their owner and that is not a mantle as a fan you want anybody in your organization to pick up and run with Tepper, by all accounts, not only on the football program, he also owns the soccer team in town, is just a bear to work for. Like, he is not a fun dude. Threw a drink at a fan, got fined, whatever it was, 300000 bucks, which is... $300,000. Yeah, but let's point zero 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 five six seven Oh, no, I know. It's like it's seven of his him. income. Like, he's never going to feel it. He's, but he, yeah, he's above, and that, that's it, the whole point. He threw a drink down at somebody, yeah, he's in an owner's box. They can't come at him, like, no, it's just, it's, it's like, it's just it's a terrible thing so about it. Fans, on top of the football product on the field, which was wildly disappointing this year, they had much higher expectations. They had a very good defense, which didn't live up to expectations. They had a lot of talent on the offensive line that did not deliver, it regressed, and then they, you know, moved up for the number one pick. And their anointed quarterback of the future did not play well. Like it is just boo, boo, and boo. If you're a Carolina fan, like everybody just wants out of there right now. So I, I feel for the Carolina fans. I go on Carolina radio pretty often with John Ellis, who's at one Panther place. Um, good dude. And we know how it is to be a good dude following a tough team and trying to, trying to keep it above board, <laughs> trying to keep all those stories out there. Um, yeah, it is a funny comment. Like, let's just keep this butterfly effect going for the next like three years. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun to track. I mean, I, I would enjoy making a spreadsheet or making a making a visual. <laughs> because you, know? so you if and nothing else, yeah. If nothing else, that would be fun. Yeah. All right. I want to go to this one. Maybe we'll get another question in, but I I think this will be a fun capper to, to the season. So we we've talked yep. movies, we've talked TV shows. Um, but we haven't talked specifically about sports movies, which I think is yep. kind of interesting. No, I really love watching the rewatchables, uh, listening to the rewatchables podcast, yes. Bill Simmons and, and that whole yes. network. It's a really fun uh, po idea podcast series. What started with sports movies and they yeah. were just doing well, it started with heat, but then they, they did like a <laughs> it started with heat. it started with heat. That's a great place so, to start. Honestly, like that's right. Great. Which has nothing to do with sports, but they they then pivoted to like hey we're, we're gonna do all these sports movies and then they're like no let's just go back like just we're just gonna do pop culture we're just gonna do all these movies so anyway um i like the idea of like what are the sports movies that you kind of keep going back to and and i mm -hmm. think that there are more good baseball movies than there are football movies in general yes. but like football's yes. my sport and so yeah. i do you know i have watched a bunch of football movies regularly so I'll let you start off. You don't have to go with three. We can just kind of list sure. whatever you're into. But what uh, what are your go-to sports movies or movies that you maybe you watch during a certain time of the year or maybe like, you know, that rule where you see it on TV? I'm yeah, in. I think that's a great rule is if you see it, you're in. Um, and uh, so my list will be, you know, different than a few others because it's not necessarily the greatest. It's the ones you resonate to the most. So um I'll start with a hockey movie, Slapshot. Like, if you haven't seen Slapshot, old school, Paul Newman, minor league hockey. Uh, my dad played minor league hockey. It, there are so many tropes. I spent a lot of time working in Canada. There's so many tropes in that movie that just 
you know, tick off uh, old memories that like if Slapshot's on, I'm watching it because it's it's a hilarious movie and uh, it's not that common. A lot of people I know haven't even seen it. Um, it's more of a niche and I love it even more because of that. Uh, you talk about baseball movies. There definitely are more baseball movies just per capita than anything else. Um, two of my favorites, Bull Durham. I'm going to go back to Bull Durham every time because it's a classic. It's a complete quote fest. Uh, and Major League. I'm going to go back to Major League every time because it's freaking hilarious. The cast is amazing. They all went on to do other things. Um, but like Major League is just funny. Like it is a funny movie. It's a comedy about baseball and it works like it. It hits. Uh, it was kind of kitschy at the time. And it's surprisingly most movies like that don't age well. Major League has. Um, so those are those are just three right off the cuff. I'm with you that football movies are tougher. It, it they don't like I saw there was a uh, question about draft day and why is it the worst movie ever? Like, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't there, find that question. But yeah, this there goes are a lot way. of there are a lot of pieces about draft day. There are some fun pieces to poke holes at. There are pieces of that movie that are OK. Overall, it is a calamity that almost makes it fun to watch in a kind of Rocky horror picture show kind of way. Like you just can, you know, all moan at the same moments and be like, what the world? But you know, it's an interesting movie to watch. Um, you know, and then they're just, it feels like football movies are more fringe football movies. I mean, you could, you could argue that one of the Batman movies is a football movie because Bane blows up a stadium. Oh yeah. I don't know about that. Uh, you know, it's a stretch, but like last boy scout is a football movie. Well, kind of, but not really. Um, it seems like you kind of have to go farther field and stretch for football movies than you do baseball movies. I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. I'll, uh, I'll give you some football movies that I, I think are good though. Um, Bull Durham, Major League, I had down as baseball movies. I'm also going to add Moneyball. Moneyball, great movie. Great I, movie. I love Moneyball. Love and I, I want to watch one of those at the start, like around opening day. Sure. I don't need to watch all of them, but no. I want to watch one of them around opening day. Now, I grew up a Cubs fan. Uh, I'm I'm still at least somewhat of a Cubs fan. It's hard for me when they traded away all of the players. No rookie liked. of the year for you? Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember watching that in the theaters as a kid. So, oh, uh, okay, there I, you do, go. I do remember that. Like, I was that was like the appropriate time for me to like to like see that. it and actually. I'm pretty it. sure it was a double feature Whoa. that we went to, and I think it was the was it Last Action Hero? Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. I, now, yeah. I, I mean, someone's going to fact check me. No, someone's going to fact check me on this, but I think that that's. I think that that's the one that's the Schwarzenegger one, right? Where he's yeah. hundred like, percent. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it was a double feature with those two and number one sports fan took me and my best friend to that, to that double feature. So I'm pretty Congrats sure that's her for that I can remember. Time. That's impressive. <laughs> ah, she's, she's number one mom. You know that. All as, right. Um, for sure. Football movies. Yeah. Okay. Let's start. Let's start with uh, high school movies and go up. So um, you're going by level of competition. Well, I, I mean, you could start with you little start, giants. I was going to say, are you going to start with little giants? You can like, start with little giants and icebox, right? I mean, that, yeah. that's that's fun and good and all that. Uh, I, I have to mention, remember the Titans, and I know it's not historically accurate, right? But you have to mention it because because it's good. Say why? Say why. well, who's, it's my mom's favorite movie. There we are. There we. She's, we, she's seen it in her time. 
and I've and because of that, I've probably seen it 30, right? But it's I think it's a good movie. I know it's not historically accurate. Denzel Washington, I'll watch anything with Denzel Washington. Let's let's start with that. He's he's sure. awesome. And yep. I think that they do some like there's some good music. There's some fun football scenes. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm into it. Like some of the stuff's a little much. And then the actors in that movie, like there's some like actors that went on to do some things. Right. Yep. So it's a cool movie if you like movies yeah, because those catch. guys were at the right time and then they went on and did things. Other high school movie. And again, this hit me at the exact right moment. Um, right. I was like a senior in high school when this came out. But <laughs> Varsity Blues. Oh, right? yeah. It is. It's uh, the perfect movie for being a high school senior and having a football movie come out. Uh, and and I again, some fun football scenes, some great music, uh, some great football music. Right, there's a lot of stuff that we would listen to in the locker room before we go out and play. And uh, you know, some bad accents, but but some fun movies. And again, one of those where you caught some people at the right time and they went on to do some fun stuff. Um, college, the program. I was going to say, it's got to be the program. If you didn't say the program for a college movie, I was I was going to question you. I love that movie. Now, I don't know that it's a great movie, but it's I love not, that movie. But <laughs> it's universally, not. and I'll just say this, offensive linemen love that movie. You know who else loves that movie? And it's like number one on their chart. Mike Gullick oh. Jr. Yeah. Like well, he loves the program. It's like, yep, it's a type. Like if it hit you at that time and you were, you were sort of in that guild, the program is it for you. Kane is able. That's all I'll say. It's a fantastic <laughs> movie in terms of a football movie that I will watch many, many times more in my life than I have already watched many, many times. Sure. Uh, and then this one apparently is controversial, but at the, the professional the professional level movie for me is any given Sunday. And, and some yeah. people really don't like it and it's long and there's a lot going on, but I think it's got pretty good football scenes. I love the, the Jamie Foxx, Al Pacino dynamic of, of mm -hmm. what's going on there. I think they're, I mean, those are both outstanding actors. Um, there's, there's a lot of other good stuff that's going on. I mean, Aaron Eckert's in that movie. Like there, there's some good stuff that's going on. There's, there's uh yeah, it's a little overblown, right? Yeah. There, there, if you're a, a purist, much. you will argue with that. If you're a football purist, if you're into movies, as opposed to you're into football, it, come, it depends on what side of that you come from. If you're into cinema, you get it. You might not love it, but it is a thing. Like it is. It is hard to mention pro football movies and not mention that movie. And they have unbelievable cameos. Nick Buckus <laughs> yes. has a cameo. Warren yeah. Moon. Johnny no, they, Unitas. I mean, they, they went. Yeah, they went down the list. It was like it's like 20. Like it's an it's an insane number of Hall of Famers that, are, that yep. made a cameo. And, you know, they're just like opposing coaches. They got like one line, you know, I mean, it's nothing, but it's Doesn't awesome. Matter. It's amazing. They went all out for it. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a football nerd like me, like the guy that likes history and likes to go back and you watch this movie and you see all of these people, right? I mean, Jim Brown has like a real they role. Even, Jim Brown was they even actor. went to the press. Like they had press that were top level right. football press in that movie. Like the, the guys in the press box are cameos. So, so that to me, those are the football movies that I think of quickly. There's some other football movies that are, are fun or, you know, some of the comedies that you enjoy or whatever, but, but those are the ones I think that are, I have seen 
I have seen all four of those movies more than 10 times each. Oh, yeah, I think definitely all the ones I mentioned, I've seen well more well north of that. Um, and there are other fun ones outside sportsman cover. Like I'll watch 10 cup because again, I love the performances. It was sort of a moment in time and it's a cultural reference point of like, you never want to go full 10 cup. Like is, is the big Lebowski a, a sports movie? It is absolutely and, a sports bit, movie. We got to mention the big and Lebowski. And I have the, like, I don't know what anniversary it's like the the t- came in a tin. Like I got it used at half price books, but it was unopened and it was like the big Lebowski, like whatever 20th anniversary in a tin, because I was like, dude, it's a great film. Dude, you were like, dude, dude, beverage here. Come on. Uh, That's one of those, like when you upgrade your DVD collection to the Blu-ray collection, like that's like the like you know what i mean like i, I don't have yeah. a ton of blu-rays i had a ton of dvds that's what I spent yeah i have a lot of dvds i have a few blu-rays because um uh when i upgraded my player blu-ray and i started and then blu-rays got really cheap like right. everybody was like oh it's going digital blu-rays drop down to like five and eight dollars and you can sort through the bins and find those films that you didn't have and be like well i might as well buy it on blu-ray because it's the most current standard um so i started to accumulate those but i have a whole sports movie section in the like dvd blu-ray thing that's you know it's got a bunch of baseball movies in it it's got tin cup in it um it's got some movies that have to do with what i used to do like breaking away which is a cycling movie that a lot of people don't know about because it's really old and again it was super niche um and then it's got you know it's got your classics in it that you know it's got caddyshack in it like caddyshack great sports movie gonna go back and watch it because it's hilarious good point good point hadn't that one had didn't come to mind i don't think of golf as a sport uh i don't really either anymore but like (laughs) caddyshack like uh, if it's on i'm gonna watch it because you know you got the quotes about the llama i know he just said it's a bowling okay so my definition of a sport is that there's got to be a defense um and so i suppose bowling doesn't necessarily qualify but like for the purposes of this i want i want bill globuski in so we'll call it a sports movie okay fair enough so anything i don't want to exclude it because especially with this podcast it has beverages it has beverages, man. It it's also beverages. like one of my favorite movies of all time. I mean, that's a it's, it's a top it's ten all time movie. So it's a great, great movie. All right, that's all I got, guys. Uh, that that's the questions for the week. Do you want to close it on your final thesis of the twenty twenty three Chicago Bears? Ooh, twenty twenty three Chicago Bears. I I think you started that thesis at the beginning, which was, hey, chronologically, that we were talking about the good and the bad. Well, actually, it's the bad and the good if you go chronologically, like. This season started off on a like one of the biggest flops in recent Bears history. He got Green Bay week one coming to your place. They have a new quarterback starting. You have a quarterback that you want to ascend and you. For lack of a better term, just punt like you fall flat on your face. It is awful. And everybody has serious questions from moment one. Like, what the hell was that? Like. We came into this with all this promise. We have DJ Moore. We have an alpha. And this is going to be Fields' this year. And no. Like, it just starts on your face. And it continues to sort of grind your face into the pavement for the first month. Like, the defensive coordinator is fired, dismissed, disappears, whatever. 
your head coach who is defensively based takes over your defense continues to suck you're getting thrashed and everybody's like oh is this a lost season like holy hell this is this is terrible like it's bad off the field it's terrible on the field like this is rough enter phil snow <laughs> like save half the team starts playing well plays for about three weeks says look i need pass rush they go out get montez sweat fortunes start to turn like literally the bears become a top five defense not a top five rushing defense which they were the whole year but like a top five defense about three weeks after phil snow starts in week six ish montez sweat comes on the scene currently leads uh the nfl in sacks for two franchises that's never happened before Amen. um pretty damn cool jalen johnson contract kerfuffle in the middle of the season quiets down continues Both guys to play, are pro bowlers continues to play really good football uh the only two pro bowlers on the bears and then like justin hurts his thumb and we get the whole tyson Bajan thing in the middle which is a sort of a wild distraction with oblong national narratives i just i can't say that any other way like people like get behind tyson bajan in a kind of let's go kid sort of a way when he's not delivering those results on the field great story in in some total not great and then in a sort of completely complicating turn defense continues to be good justin comes back from his thumb injury and starts to show the progress that everybody wanted to see. Takes less sacks, throws more over the middle, stays more on time, basically takes less negative plays overall, racks up a couple of you know divisional wins, and you're just sort of like, what? <laughs> it's a bit of a head spinner as a season. There's, I don't think there's one takeaway from the season. And it is, there are positives. We talked about the rookie development as one. Really, the rookies from the last two years, the last two draft classes, developing very nicely. Nobody can argue with that. They've all played very well. Like, if you're talking about a hit rate, it's well above draft average. Let's put it that way. So the base is really good. And then you end up with the number one overall pick, even though you weren't the least, the worst team in the league. Like, not even close. And that's typically who gets the number one pick. You have the number one pick, let's just say artificially, because you traded with Carolina. And you're not that bad. Like you've got a bunch of good things going on. We haven't even talked about TJ Edwards or Edmonds. Like Edmonds started to play well at the end of the year. Edwards played well all year. Like you kind of got this, not mostly loaded defense, but like you've got a lot of building blocks on defense. DJ Moore <laughs> somehow <laughs> persevered and had a DJ Moore season yet again, just a credit to his talent. Cole Komet, this is the Maya Culpa moment. Cole Komet played better football this year. He started off awful, just like this team. Couldn't hit his blocking assignments, like was the Cole Komet we knew. After about week four or five, Cole Komet played much better football. He improved as a football player and really, I would say, lived up to his draft status. And that's something that is very meaningful going forward. Like you don't necessarily have to go after a tight end. You've got Cole Komet and he can work as a starting tight end in this league. And I'm probably the last person that you expected to say that, but I try and be objective about this. And he has improved as a football player. And if you've been paying attention, it's impossible to ignore. So here's a team with the number one overall pick, 
bunch of pieces on both offense and defense. Big decisions in the offseason. I'm not going to undercut any of that from coaching to the quarterback to like things that are incredibly meaningful to any NFL team. Poles has got to navigate a minefield here. He's got all the ammo in the world, but it is it is all fraught. Any of these decisions can throw the ship off course and sink it, but they can also make it, you know, the most unsinkable battleship in the NFL if he plays it right. So it's going to be a land of extremes this offseason. Um, I don't I don't envy the position. I've met the man. He's going to have some sleepless nights. <laughs> like, no way around that. He's got a lot of ammo, a lot of decisions. He's got to hit it. That's the way it is in the NFL. Like, it's, it's big risk, big consequence, biggest gamble going. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch. I can't necessarily say fun because some of it's going to be gut-wrenching and not go the way I want it to. That's just the nature of being a bears fan, but love bringing it to all of you every week. Love working with you, JB. It is the reason I keep doing this. This is why the bootleg guy shows up, which is funny because really started as a Windy city great iron guy. Um, but it is meaningful. It's a lot of fun. Um, love the interaction. Some of our fans have supported us in, in ways that will uh, never make headlines, but are really, really cool. Um, gotten to meet some of you in person. Um, and those have been moving experiences too. So it's a, <laughs> it's an interesting time. You know, may we live in interesting times. That is our lot in life as Bears fans. <laughs> uh, Bears were number one story of the off season last off season for, and they're going to be again for a lot of, you know, kind of negative reasons, but you know, there was a, a tough choice and they made it and it paid off in gold and that's, that's i think you know the number one story is the number one pick and i think the everything cascades off of that because i think you make different decisions based on having that pick maybe they don't but um you know my prediction is that they are gonna use that pick on a quarterback and bears fans are gonna like that guy that that's my prediction uh i don't know that's i don't even know that that's what i want i'm not saying <laughs> what i want i'm saying that's my prediction um, yeah you know, because it's hard because I, I do believe in uh, Justin Fields, the person yeah. and I, I believe in his talent and I want him to do well. And, you know, I know people get confused, but like, well, why would you cheer for him if you go somewhere else? Well, you know, you get you get invested in these players and sure. you, know, you, you hope for the best for them. And um, I'm, I'm completely fine with if if the Bears do trade him to to cheer for for Justin Fields down the line. That's just where I'm at that, you know, they, they make a different decision. I'm going to be pretty happy. This is one of the because. I, let's build a you know a team with with young rookies and veterans around Justin Fields. Great, a, you know, you know the sort of capper to this is there's good ways to go every way. Yeah, there, there's more like, good options than there has been in a long. There's time. good ways to go every way. You can pick a quarterback at one. Uh, you can trade down and pick a quarterback at two if you think your guy's going to be there at two, or you negotiate that. That would be amazing the trade down to three and pick a quarterback. I'm not behind, but if you're picking a quarterback, you're trading Justin Fields. Let's be real about that. You're going to get something reasonable for him because he has shown an upturn. That's going to give you options in future years. Like there's no one way to win here. If you keep fields and load this team around him by trading pick one, because you don't need a quarterback and you get a King's ransom for Caleb. Great. Like that's possible too. Like there's no like, oh, that's the wrong answer. There are multiple right answers here. Again, 
that's the choice that polls and and you know team president are going to have to make it is it is not enviable but there is no one way to crack this particular nut and say that's the only way the bears can win there are multiple ways the bears can come out of this looking and smelling like a rose whether it's this season or next season like it is possible to set a really good foundation for a football team that's going to be good for the next two to five years and that's what we all want as bears fans so let's hope they nail it like if you're a bears fan you hope they nail it that's what you care about in the end like not how they do it but just like make some good choices get some good players in win some games let's go and i'll say this i did call my shot on trubisky leaving i i named the destination i said he was going to sign in buffalo to back up josh allen Mm -hmm. And I, right. and I said exactly what his salary was going to be as one of my better calls uh, in life. And so I'll, I'll, I'll call my shot here. I, I think that the the Falcons are the right destination for Justin Fields. He's a local kid. Most popular um, for sure. I, and, and I think that, I think it just makes sense all the way around. And I think that Falcons fan base would be pretty happy with that trade. Um, that that's just where I'm at right now. Things can change, but uh, that's just, that's just my prediction. So, okay. You're going to go in the film room. You're going to be available in bootleg, um, you know, regularly, but this is the season finale of the show. Uh, you know, so we'll, we'll try to get you back on when City Green Iron stuff, you know, as the draft goes on, but you know, this is where you pivot and really trying to dive into the draft and obviously you got to cover the playoffs and all that kind of stuff too, but you're a little bit, (laughs) we're easing off that this year. We went too hard on that last year to burn us out. So, uh, we'll, we'll throttle down a little bit, but yeah, I, the, we put out a way too early only top 10. We didn't even do the first round. We just said top 10 mock draft. That video is, I think it's 57,000 views, like, which is love the draft. donkulous to me. So we're, we're prioritizing our efforts appropriately. Let's put it that way. Uh, go everybody go out and watch that and uh yeah until until the next time i see you guys which is monday until the next time we get uh, uh ej back uh, oh people stream. are gonna get mad if i don't say something nice about this um because they always say what about the drinks oh what about um, the drink yep, I, don't, I, I don't think we necessarily need a review on your fuzzy water but um Fuzz, fizzy not fuzzy. Oh, oh okay um Again, not common. You're not necessarily going to find it at every store you walk into. You're probably not going to want to pay for it if you do. Um, it's not cheap. Uh, it is lovely, but it is specific. If you don't like Irish as maybe your favorite and you are not into Tony Port, stay away. If you love both of those things like I do, okay, wow. Like it is, it is a significant beverage. That's going to be savored for sure. Awesome. Good to hear. It, it It's right in your wheelhouse. So I'm not. Yep. <laughs> Might have just been made just for me. Yeah. That, you're, you're the demographic. So yeah. 100%. All right, everybody. Thanks. Appreciate the time. And uh, we'll see you soon. Fair enough.